breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty boy an, a, just another firestorm yesterday we get the news that city council clerk of court clerk of council clerk of council yes that's what I mean mm-hmm. uh, Shanarica 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 mm-hmm. Flemings uh, Tanya Bogan and I believe Terry Sanders uh, Jacqueline White. Um, All received $10,000 raises. Some bringing them over six, up to six-figure salaries now for and, clerk of council. And these positions, um, can someone get uh, EMS on standby for me, please? Someone, please. I actually texted the fire chief. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably need EMS on standby today for my blood pressure. Um, these salaries went up 13%. A year ago, the, all city workers got a 13% increase. Right. So you have the clerk of council went from 90,000 to a hundred thousand. Yes. Um, these are staffers that work for the, and, and, and I'm not faulting. I don't know who I'm faulting to be on. Well, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Council chairman James Green authorized, um, the increase in salaries. Well, he on instigated the salaries and then authorized them. Mm-hmm. June twenty seventh of this year. Right. So they've been getting these higher salaries. For, I would assume for all of July and probably this first paycheck in August. Um. The the new council. What is he called? Clerk of council. R J. Uh, I forget his Johnson. Director of council affairs. Yeah, he also got a pay raise. He was just hired at a salary everybody knew going in, and now he's gotten a raise. Um, this is obscene. It's almost criminal. That, yes. It, it, to me, it's almost criminal. We're 140 officers mm-hmm. short on our police yeah. department. We can't pay police officers enough to attract quality candidates right. to staff our police department. Mm-hmm. But we can give $10,000 raises to clerks of council. Yes. I Without approval. Sorry, now you're going to get me. Without approval of the council, which is required by the charter. And I got to tip my hat to Councilwoman Ursula Bowman, who says she was totally unaware of these increases uh, given unilaterally given to members of the council staff. Uh, it appears the council, as opposed, she says, as opposed to an individual council member, has the sole authority to fix or increase the salaries of the city council staff. Uh, therefore, I feel compelled to vote to rescind the improper salary increases and seek reimbursement of any salary increases received by members of the council staff. boy. Yeah, for Ursula congratulations. Bowman. They apparently are having a special meeting today um, to rescind these raises. It will take four votes, 
with Ursula Bowman, it looks like they probably have the four votes. Now, they may go farther than this, and they and as well they should. Um, they may go to find a new chairman. They may decide Hallelujah. to take action to oust Green as chairman and put someone else in the, that place. I don't know that that's going to happen. I I suspect they might. This to me, this equates to me like you rob a bank. You go rob the Chase Bank okay. up there on 70th Street. You come out of the bank, you go home, and then they release your video, and then you realize, oh, wow, they realize it's me. They realize what I just did. And so you go back to the bank and you give the money back. Okay, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done this. I'm going to give the money back. Are police going to say, okay, we won't charge you with armed robbery. We're not going to charge you with robbing the bank, Mike. You gave the money back. You did good. If a crime has happened here and they do give the money back, that doesn't erase the crime. I want you to remember I said that today. The crime still happened. If it's a crime... And we're not saying it is, but if it is, and this is money that we spent unauthorized by a council chairman, and I want to see the documents about who did did this, did the council clerk spark this, say, hey, why don't you give us a raise? Why don't you do this? We could do better if you do this. I mean, was there something? Who started it? Who first suggested this raise? That's what now, exactly. That's I, what I want to know. I have asked. Uh, here, 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 go me because I'm going crazy about this now. I'm, I'm trying. If this is not overturned today, no one in this city should ever support a bond proposal. Period. You are not getting another dime of my money if you're going to continue to act like this. That bond proposal will go down in flames. I'll do whatever I have to do to make that happen. Secondly, you have to give the money back. This council has to act responsibly. Was Councilman Green acting as mayor pro tem at the time? I asked, was Mayor Arsenault out of town? Right. Perhaps he had the authority then as mayor pro tem. No. Arsenault was not out of town. Say he was out of town. Still Say sketchy. he was. You it, had quote the authority. That to me that that appears as if oh mayor that I'm going to do this quick. Yes, I'm going to do this while I quote have the authority. Right, right. I, I I wouldn't be able to do it any other time. Yeah, the mayor wouldn't do it. Now I am I, going to request today, so they folks at the city know I am going to request what actions has Mr. Green taken as mayor pro tem, if any. I want to know. What has he done as mayor pro tem? I've also sent a public records request for every dime paid to James Green over the past five years. I want to know all his travel. I want to know all his expenses. I want to know what he makes from the city and for what purposes. If he's going out to dinner with people, I want to know who's with him. What is the purpose of the meeting? I want to see every dime we have paid to this man. Now he has completely lost trust completely lost i'm not that a lot of people had much trust in him anyway this is over the edge this is you are out of control and this is not the first time oh no but this is now spending money this may be an illegal act and complaints have now been filed and we're going to see what happens because if you rob a bank and you give the money back you still rob the bank 
We're going to find out. We'll have we'll have a story up on keelnews.com here just a little bit later Where's this morning. my blood pressure medicine? I know. Did you bring it? Where's Yeah, where's my maker's mark? Oh, oh I'll some, take some of that, too. Yeah, I've got yeah. some back in the office. Holy cow. Tim Fletcher, Sports Next. What a- back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Also got, in addition to Hawaii, there's local fires. That oh, have, my gosh. The conditions are so dry right now and mm-hmm. so hot. We are under a statewide burn ban, uh, and, and this is exactly why. It is uh, Sabine Parish, just west of Florine, uh, Mount Carmel area. A big fire. More than 2,000 acres have burned. There is no school in all of Sabine Parish today as a result of these fires. Um, they're trying to figure out how they started. They had to evacuate some areas around um, the Mount Carmel Cutoff, the Monroe Skinner Road, Lee Jordan Road, Corleyville Road, Sneed Road. It was all evacuated. Multiple fire departments have been on the scene along with the State Department of Forestry. Now they have, I believe, they have said they have contained the fire but it is still not completely out. Um, Highway 118 is closed for just emergency traffic only, and you're urged to avoid the area. I mean, it is just uh, unbelievable how big this fire is, and it it um, it spreads so fast because of the dry conditions. And they're very worried. The governor, in fact, has issued a state of emergency across all of Louisiana because of the heat right. and the dry conditions. Um, this could pop up at any point. We've watched what happened in Maui, um, where just complete devastation, and I believe it's now over a hundred dead there. Uh, several businesses in Sabine Parish have been and homes have been damaged or destroyed. It's just tragedy. Yeah, it's it's really sad. It's very dangerous. And it, look, if you think I'm just going to burn this real quick. Mm-hmm. Just don't right now. Right. Just don't. It can get away from you because it, there's even a little breeze going on every now and then. Yes. And and it can get away from you very quickly. Uh, when we lived in North Bossier, our our neighbors at one point was burning in the back. We had four acres, mm-hmm. and there was in the middle of about twenty twenty five acres. Right. Down by the some woods, and it got away. It got yes. away from them. And so we were, you know, it, it can just happen right. very quickly. And not sure, you know, the extent of, of, of how this ended up starting. But they are, the state fire marshal is saying, you know, even if you're going to barbecue, you're going to grill, be sure you cool those coals off. You know, yeah. use water on them to, to put them out completely before you leave that grill unattended because you never know what might happen. And, uh, you know, fire can spread really quickly in these mm-hmm. conditions it mm-hmm. is so dry out there so dry and brutal um just pray for all the folks in sabine parish because there's going to be a lot of cleanup and they still have a ways to go to get things under control there so coming up uh we, we're talking about the city council uh staff clerk of council raises and other staff members uh some over ten thousand dollar raises mm. uh john settle with uh, settle talk is uh he had uh kind of published some of this information yesterday Mm -hmm. and we'll have him come on and explain what he knows at 640 mikey mccarty 
Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Report political watchdog John Settle going to join us coming up just after the break talking about uh, Councilman James Green's authority or no authority to just issue raises to council uh, clerks of council. That's coming up just after the break. 1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. On the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline this morning, John Settle with SettleTalk.com joining us. John, good morning, sir. How are you doing this morning? We're, we're, not, we're not good. Yeah. I'm not good either. No, I'm my, my, my blood I is up. I want a pay raise. Can can Mr. Green get me a pay raise while he's at it? I want a $10,000 pay raise. Okay, how did you discover this? You you are the you're the bird dog that found these raises. What happened? How did you discover it? Because it was done very quietly, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It was. Uh, well, I usually don't like to, to reveal my sources, but a, a, a member of the council identified this to me, and that's all I, I want to say, uh, and sent some documents to me that I was able to check on, and and then that's how I realized that the, that the pay raises had been granted. Is there anything you can find that would give a council chairman the authority to raise the salaries of anybody in city government on his own. No, there, there is no authority, period. None, nada, nada. The, even the, even uh, if he's mayor pro tem, the mayor's out of the state. That doesn't, no. I have, uh, I'm not an expert in municipal law, but I have checked with a couple of former people who had a lot of experience in that and, and the answer is no 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 has no authority to uh with the uh council office and the charter makes it clear that the council hires the clerk and the staff and the council sets salaries this is not something a mayor pro tem can do uh, period. By the way, the mayor was in town on the date. So he this wasn't was even mayor. Pro he wasn't even. Who? How did it start? Who suggested this was a good idea? Do we know the? Do we have the answer to we that don't. yet? We don't. I have uh, made a public records request for any and all documents or emails or something that somebody had to send something to the payroll department. Yes. <laughs> I mean, and uh, somebody had to do that, and. Somebody had to approve it. Now, I don't know, you know, how the payroll department works, but I've made a public records request for any and all communications, uh, uh, including uh, computer uh, in, uh, in information to see how this was set up because this, you know, had to go through the payroll department. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I, I don't know yet. Uh, I have, I don't know, but I'm, I, on the way to find out. John, is now, this city council is, chairman out of control? Uh, well, many people have said that for quite quite some time. I mean, um, this chairman and 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 uh, Tabitha Taylor really ran off. Uh, they 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 harassed a prior council clerk that had been trained for six or eight months by Art Thompson to, to succeed him. And they badgered that lady, and she 
she resigned, and then uh, uh, Green suddenly came up with somebody to be the new clerk who had no experience, and then she quit in January of this year. If you remember, she signed the letter of, of no support and being second-guessed and stuff like that. And then Green came up with uh, uh, Shenerica as the person. There were no uh, job postings. There was no discussion with other council, well, with several council members. At that time, uh, Green kind of had a majority. So he's hand handpicked the last two council clerks, and um, uh, that's how they're. Now, the okay, does this, rise, does this, does this uh, pay raise issue rise to the level of criminal activity in your view? You've researched it. What have you found? I think so. I, I wrote to uh, uh, Cato D.A. Stewart and asked him to investigate. He suggested that I, uh, he wrote me back and said that I should go to the uh, Shreveport Police Department that's that's a problem because I understand that Wayne Smith and James Green are cousins, and then and the council oh, controls the budget of the police department. Correct. So that's not going to happen. I I have e- sent an email to Sheriff Prater. Of course, he's in his last year, and there's a political campaign to to uh, replace him. And so I guess the Louisiana State Police may be next. I will contact. I have not heard back from Sheriff Prater. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. I will. I will contact the Louisiana State Police, and I have filed a complaint with the Louisiana Ethics Commission. But obviously, uh, I think it's a crime. I mean, uh, Miss Fleming, an attorney, should know the charter, at least the parts that deals with her office, and should know that uh, she can't grant the pay raise. And whether Green knew or not, he didn't have the authority. If he granted it, that's still a crime. I mean, you know... Uh, so I, I would like. Do to you think, think he did it without Miss Fleming's knowledge at all? Like, oh, here's a windfall for you. Go ahead. You think? Do you think she had no knowledge of it at all? Could she claim that? Yeah. Of course not. Well, I mean, and everybody else in the office got it. I mean, you know, I wish Santa Claus would come to my house tonight. Yeah. <laughs> so they had to all know that they got a pay raise. I mean, if they didn't know on the front end when they got their paycheck, they suddenly said. Oh my goodness! It went up, <laughs> mm-hmm. so, John. The fact that we have the, the fact that we have a council analyst, what a a, I, I, you a know, director I, I, of council of these sounds like made up positions. Well, I, I'm you know I think the councils. My understanding, they'll meet tomorrow at nine. They have to send a public uh, a notice of the meeting under the open records law, and I hope that they appoint an independent person uh, not uh, to, to investigate this. We need a special investigator. I mean, you know, somebody that will that uh, is not associated with the city that can go in and bird dog this down from, from top to bottom and everything else. You know, uh, this is uh, horrible. Do you I mean, think, John, we're talking to John Settle of Settle Talk, do you think that this meeting could also include a, a, an attempt to remove Green as chairman? Depends on, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know what the agenda is going to say, but, you know, the agenda can always be amended by unanimous consent. So if it's not on the agenda, I don't think <laughs> that it will happen this time. Uh, I, I would hope that, that, that Green would on his own step down, but I'm not optimistic about that. Uh, but Green and... and Councilman Taylor had pretty much uh, ramrodded things for quite some time, but uh, 
that probably are cracks now in their uh, kingdom. Um, I'm real proud of uh, the statement that uh, Council Lady Bur- Bowman put out uh, yesterday. I think mm-hmm. that was uh, very appropriate. And uh, so I don't know. It's going to be a circus tomorrow at 9. Uh, if, and I hope they get the, the notice out by nine today, or it won't be a valid meeting. They have to do that under the open meeting law, you know. And so, you and you have to one of those people that just got a pay raise has to send that out, right? Well, that's <laughs> correct. I've been uh-huh. I've been assured. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Miss Fleming has the obligation to send this out by nine. So now, who can direct? Uh, who can direct? Who can call a meeting? Green didn't call this meeting. How is well, how's a meeting being count- called? Four council members can agree to it, and so the uh, it was it was it was Miss Bowman, uh, Gary Brooks, uh, Grayson, and Jim Talisferro. Four four members of the council can make a request to the council clerk to call a meeting, and they've done so. Uh, I don't know how they pick nine a.m. tomorrow, uh, but hopefully that goes out. Now, if it doesn't go out, uh, then that's grounds to. Uh, for, for further action, Miss Fleming's job is an at-will job. She's not a classified employee. What if Green and Taylor and Jackson don't show up for the meeting? That'd be fine. We still have a quorum. Long as you have four. <laughs> long as you have four, they can do what they long want. They have four. Yeah, it will be interesting to see uh, who shows up, especially if Councilman Green shows up. But uh, all they need is four there, and they have a quorum. And if there's four there, they could unanimously add things to the agenda and act on it. Correct and. You could be named as the council clerk. I would, you know, they, they may name Aaron. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, me working for James Green, not going to happen. <laughs> not okay. going to happen. Well, but they, well, could you, they, you, if they had a quorum, could they reelect a new council chair? Yes. Add it to the agenda and elect a new council chair. All, Correct. So they, so, so they better they better show up. Well, as you said, uh Anything the city does from now on is in jeopardy. Any credibility, a bond issue, anything oh. else. If this is not corrected ASAP, and I'm hoping that it's that uh, one is stopped, and two, I hope these people have to repay it. They knew they should. Uh, several people in that office have been there for quite some time. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Jacqueline White's been there a long, long time. Latanya Bogan's been there. They they should know those provisions that deal with a council and the charter. There's not that many. I mean, there's only two. It's only two small sections of the charter that deal with them and, and their authority. You so can only I, think, John Settle, that they didn't think anyone would catch it. Is that the, is that where we are here? Well, yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, they, their budget has a lot of extra things in. They, yeah. They, and sure, how they did a, how did a councilman catch it? Do you know those details of how they caught it? No, I don't. They, I was sent. Uh, the pay records of the last couple of years, and then I request them. I mean, the last two years, and I requested them also, and I got them yesterday with a public records request mm. real quick. Mm. And so, uh, uh, and it just suddenly so- shows, you know, uh, uh, you get more money. I, <laughs> I'm hoping Santa comes to my house yeah, tonight. Well, Detroit, too. Baltimore, uh, Chicago uh, politics have nothing on Shreveport City politics. Wow, this is embarrassing. It is embarrassing. Well, it's yeah, insulting and, and it's question. embarrassing. Oh, no, it, no, it is. It, it's embarrassing and it is, I think, fraud, criminal activity. Now, who can we get to investigate it? 
is going to be the question. I mean, the ball's been bounced by the DA to the uh, police department. That's not going to happen. The sheriff probably because of, you know, I don't know. I don't want to say. I think the sheriff might pick up the ball and run with it, perhaps. We'll ask him. He doesn't have anything to lose. Yeah. I I, I emailed him yesterday, in all fairness, uh, I hadn't heard from him. It'll be difficult to go to the state police. Maybe Jeff Landry will come up here and help out. I don't know. Somebody. (laughs) Liz Merle with the Attorney General's office is coming in after 7. We'll ask her. Yeah, Yeah, let's do that. I mean, it's a serious issue. And tomorrow, hopefully that notice gets out by 9 this morning so we can have the meeting tomorrow. Thank you, John. Great work, my friend. Thank you all. You bet. Take care. John Settled with Settle Talk, 1017. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Shreveport Security Systems message board understandably blowing up. Van from Marshall says, every month your city has some dysfunctional crap going on. It's a dog and pony show in Shreveport every day. Mm -hmm. You know, I would say, yeah, but no. Because a dog and pony show is entertaining. Yeah, that's this, so this true. This is not entertaining. No, this is not. This is embarrassing. It's it's insulting, and it's embarrassing. It really is, and and it's a it's a dang shame. And and you know, I, I'm going to offer a suggestion that I don't think will ever happen in a million years, but I'm going to offer it. I made a mistake. I'm sorry. No. I thought I had this authority. I'm sorry. And the money will be returned. Um, will that happen? I would bet money that's not going to happen. I bet there will be a fight. We'll go down kicking and screaming and fighting. But there won't be any fight because now you have Ursula Bowman saying this was wrong. And Good for you, Ursula. I'm telling you Thank what. You. Thank you. An honest up. politician yes. who cares about integrity is so needed right now in this community and you know i do trust the mayor this was a this was out of his hands he but i do i do wonder why someone in payroll didn't question this and wave a red flag and go hey i just got this what do i do um and somebody call mr green and go i don't think you have the authority to do this okay um was was the mayor aware of this? It's a good question. I don't we know. We don't know if the mayor was aware. And I would be surprised if he was. I would, I would too, be surprised. But I don't want to say he wasn't. But there may have been somebody in payroll that did wave a red flag and right. say, hey, now how um, Councilwoman Bowman, and, and that's who I'm told discovered it, how she discovered it, I don't know. Um and I'm curious about that. I would I would be curious about, you know, was she just examining files one day? Right. You know, what happened? I don't know. But this is, for me, it's, it's at a minimum malfeasance in office. Who investigates it is another question. Right. And yeah. we got to find out because somebody needs to investigate this. Phil said legislative auditor on our message. Okay. Maybe attorney general. May I don't know. I don't know. Somebody needs to do something because this, I think, well, this smells, can't. smells, through, oh, and it so can't bad. stand. Like you said, no, no, no hope for any bond propositions ever in oh. the future with this current administration. Oh, and I and I'm sorry to tell that to Tom, but that's going to be it. Yeah. If this pay raise stands, 
forget this bond committee. Oh, yeah. You're wasting their time. This and, city and, will not pass a if, nickel for you. And if I were a Shreveport police officer, oh, see ya. Yeah. To hell with you. Bye-bye. Yeah. A lot of people put their houses on the market. They're out. Liz Merle going to join us coming up after the top of the hour running for... Um, She's going to investigate yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> it's next, 1017 FM, 710 Kiel. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel. Bring that mic up real close to you there. Oh there, yo, you're you're good. I'm sorry. Liz Merle in studio with Mike and McCarty, candidate for attorney general. Good morning, first of all. Good morning. It's great to be in the studio. Thanks for coming in. Um you're already working in the attorney general's office, is that correct? I am. I've been there for almost eight years. Yep. And you're running for attorney general. Jeff running Landry for be general. running for governor. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you're, you're hoping you take over that position. I am. It's a great, it's a, you know, the department is a great place to be. We've got people who've been there for 30 years or more. I think it's just because they really, uh, they really love working for the Department of Justice. It's, it's work that gives you purpose. Your solicitor general, is that second in command, essentially? Third. Okay. The, the first in command would be the chief deputy in most attorney general's offices. And, you know, that person has to, be at be at the office monitoring HR and everything mm-hmm. else that happens in the agency. So, uh, my job is a little different. I'm, I'm my job is really really focused on protecting the state from federal overreach uh, and monitoring all of our the, across the entire state any activity that this state might have in the United States Supreme Court. And you're still working in the agency as we speak, right? I am. I'm I'm I am on leave a lot of the time to do campaigning. Uh, but I'm still working um, to monitor all the cases that we have and um, and work with the people in our agency because I'm hoping to come back. And you have argued uh, against the U.S. Supreme Court, what, five times? Five times, yeah. Wow. Three criminal cases uh, and two civil cases. Tell people who Liz Merle is, who folks here who are not familiar with you, who, who are you, where are you from, uh, your personal life, et cetera. Grew up in Lafayette, um, went to Lafayette High, and my father was a retired doctor. He's still in Lafayette and volunteers for hospice even at age 88. Wow. Um, very proud of him. And my mother is a retired university professor, started out as a public school teacher in New Orleans and eventually got her Ph.D. in history and taught at UL in Lafayette. It was USL when we were growing up mm-hmm. um, for over 30 years, as did my stepfather, um, who was also a history professor. And uh, so, you know, grew up there, graduated from Lafayette High in 1981, still have some very close friends from high school, you know, people have been friends with for over 40 years. And um, you are um, you are married, four children, correct? Four kids. My youngest son is 19, and he's getting ready to go back and start his second year at Louisiana Tech. What are the uh, key issues that, that matter to you, Liz Merle, that you want to protect in Louisiana? You know, the two biggest things on my mind right now are crime and the, the Biden administration's attack on uh the fossil fuel industry and our cultural um our cultural you know 
just established traditional cultural values. I think both of those things are under attack by the federal government in ways that we've never seen before. Um, and crime is just a huge problem in our state. And right now it requires us to all, all kind of get all hands on deck and figure out how to bring those crime rates down so that people can focus on other more important, you know, other things in their lives. They can't do that if they don't feel safe. Now, there are five people in the race currently. Uh, well, not currently. That's all it's going to be in because qualifying's over. Uh, what differentiates you from the other four candidates? You know, I mean, experience predominantly is what differentiates me. I think experience both as a lawyer and as a mother and a wife and just someone who's been invested in this, this community and this state. My family goes back um, in this state for eight, possibly nine generations since, you know, long before statehood. And um, so I've just have, you know, we have a, I have a deep investment in this state, um, both through family and through uh, my own work. I mean, I believe in the work that we do. I believe that it is really, really important. And I think that we need leadership with experience and wisdom um, and, you know, the ability to know where we need to fight and when we need to fight. And, and like you say, you've been in the office eight years. Right. Well, and I was before that, I was in the governor's office for six years. I've worked at a num- in a number of capacities in the governor's office. I've worked big disasters. I've refinanced, you know, hundreds of millions of bonds. Um, I have uh, I taught at the law school for over 12 years. I clerked in state and federal court. Um, I've, I've volunteered. I set up several pro bono clinics and worked through my church um, to assist people after Hurricane Katrina. Um, so, you know, 30 years of life and law practice gives you a pretty good um, pretty good benchmark of experience. Liz Merle, candidate for attorney general. The, there's no secret that the current attorney general, Jeff Landry, and the governor have, um, let's just say, crossed hairs a smidge. Not seen eye to eye. <laughs> Smidge. Smidge. Um, how, if we, if we become, if we should elect another Democratic governor, um, <laughs> are you okay down there? Yeah, just took a <laughs> he needs a Heineken maneuver. Need a Heimlich over there, right? Um, how will you as Attorney General work with whoever is elected our governor? You know, I'll give any governor the benefit of the doubt initially. I would, I will not, I mean, I want to work with the governor. I want a governor that is going to move our state forward. Um, but I mean, we'll see what the governor does. If we have another governor who's a Democrat and they step out and start, um, continue some of the policies that this administration started, then we will continue to fight and hold the governor accountable. Example of policies this governor started that you think were wrong and or illegal. Well, right out of the gate, um, we sued Governor Edwards over an executive order that he issued on uh, that required state agencies, including ours, to change their contracts and um, add some anti-discrimination language that is not in law. Um, we said you can't do that. Um, it was over, you know, it was adding language that included um, prohibiting discrimination based on gender identity. And we said, first of all, it's an undefinable term. It's a, it, it by definition is a term without definition. Um, it doesn't exist in the law and the governor can't write law by executive order. So very foundational separation of powers thing. The legislature makes law, not the governor. So, so, you know, for starters, I would expect the governor to abide by that limitation. Um, I think conservative 
Republican conservative governors um, tend to do that better because they respect the rule of law and they are conservative as legally by nature. Does, does so our, I would expect them not to violate. That does rule. our attorney general work for me, a resident of the state, for the legislature or for the governor? It seems silly that our attorney general and our governor have been in so many legal battles. Well, you don't, I mean, we, don't, we want, you, we want you protecting us. You follow me? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm going to back into your question backward and we'll go okay. forward toward those three things. The, the attorney general doesn't work for the governor. The attorney general works for the people. So we are, it's a statewide elected office that makes it independent of all other elected officials. Um, but having said that, the legislature has given the attorney general a broad array of duties. Um, one of those duties is to assist the legislature when they're in session. Uh, so we are the lawyer for the legislature if they need us to be. If when they get when they they pass laws and those laws are challenged, it is a um, significant role for the attorney general to defend those laws, defend the constitutionality of those laws. So you know they carry the ball across the line and pass the law, and we take the ball after it carry after after it crosses the the enactment line, and we defend it. Uh, it is our job to enforce the law, and and so I think that's an you know that's a very important role that the attorney general has is to make sure that uh, other other agencies are in fact complying with the law, and if they aren't, then I think the attorney general has the authority to step out and um, take legal action to force them to do that. Let's talk one more question um, about this redistricting of the congressional lines. Um, what do you think is the final solution for this? This is in the federal court system now. Um, it looks like Louisiana might have to redraw the lines. What do you think will happen with this legally? I think there's not going to be legal finality for a very long time. We're going to be in litigation over these maps for a long time. Uh, you know, it's right now we are both in the Court of Appeal and in the District Court at the same time. We're waiting for guidance from the Fifth Circuit uh, to tell us, you know, what the Fifth Circuit believes this mayoral opinion out of Alabama means for us. Um, you'll remember that we litigated congressional redistricting for a decade when the legislature did draw a second majority-minority map. Uh, and it's it's just because of the way we are geographically and demographically spread out. It is a difficult task. The United States Supreme Court has made it more difficult, not less difficult, by being entirely um, opaque. I mean, you just can't. I mean, the, the rules that they have established are difficult to understand. And this is predominantly a legislative job. And if the legislature doesn't know what the rules are because the Supreme Court won't really explain them with any kind of clarity, it's like, you know, legislating with your hands tied behind your back. You just can't do it if you don't know what the rules are. You can't do it right if you don't know what the rules are. And so we continue to press the Supreme Court to clarify those rules. We have local officials that are like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you oh. know, it's a rigged game if you can't if, – if they tell you the rules – not, but not really. And then they change the rules on you midstream. Um, and this is, by the way, an area of constant litigation, constant right. litigation. I think, you know, people often think that the law is static, that it's just the black letter law. 
Mm-hmm. You learn in law school that there's it's not. It's a very, very dynamic thing. It's constantly changing because we are in an adversarial system. So there are all these pieces that are constantly hitting each other to try and change the law or overrule precedent or make new law. And so it's really a very, very dynamic, moving, constantly uh, moving process. It's never just standing still. Liz Merle, candidate for attorney general. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. You it's bet. great being with y'all in the studio. Are you mm-hmm. speaking locally any place that somebody can go hear you today? We are going to be at Strong's at 1030. Yeah, Anybody? 930. Uh, 930. 930. Strong's. Yeah, on okay. Highway. Okay. The old Strong's. The old okay. Strong's will be there. Um, just, you know, anybody can come and visit. We'll have Take a pie with you. I'm just telling you, grab a yeah. pie. <laughs> Liz Murrell, candidate for attorney general. Thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for having me. It's you great bet. seeing y'all. 1017. Back to the big stories of the day with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Are you all right? Oh, my mic is on. Ruben, did you turn my mic on? <laughs> 1017 FM 710 Kiel, uh, Mike and McCarty. I, you know, we have new information. Ruben's been working on this on that vape shop. Where two people were killed. Yes. And now... This is unbelievable. This is a crazy legal crazy. conundrum. Weird, weird story. You have two men in the store shopping. When three men come in, those three men are apparently attempting to rob the place. Pull out guns, Ruben? Is that well, they accurate? Didn't so, they, they did rob. So, they, yeah, the, the the three guys who came in pulled out guns. One of them hopped over the counter, and I, I guess to grab up all the money... Mm. And, and took a gun from the clerk. Oh, did the clerk have they, a gun? I missed that part. They took a gun. Two of them jumped over the counter, uh. removed the clerk's gun from him. Wow. Ugh. Well, anyways, after they were done robbing the place, the two patrons who were in the store left the store. They went managed to, a, to get out. Went to a vehicle, and they both got guns. One of them got a handgun, and one of them got some kind of rifle. I can't really tell what it is. And um, while these guys were on their way out of the store, I guess they got into a gunfight with them and killed two of them. One of them got away. And the then, two robbers got killed. Alleged right, robbers two, got killed. Two robbers, the two alleged robbers got killed, and one of them got away. And then the two guys who did the shooting got in their vehicle and took off. Ugh. So if you're the so jury, it, so can you claim self-defense? Can you claim defense of others? I don't. Well, know, I don't if know they if came out of the store and the robbers started shooting first, right. yes, right. Uh, if they came out of the store and the two guys that were sitting in their truck ready to shoot at them shot first, it's a it's a but legal the, conundrum. The and there's a lot of things we don't know yet. Right. Yes. There's and a the, lot of facts we don't know yet. But just the fact that they they didn't stick around says a lot. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if. I don't know. And one of the robbers was found dead outside, and one apparently found dead inside. inside. So, uh, boy, it's a legal mess. Ben Riggs with the uh, Real Reform Louisiana going to join us talking about insurance rates coming up at 7. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Coming up, Executive Director of Real Reform Louisiana, Ben Riggs, going to join us on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline talking. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. And 
Get on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline with Micah McCarty, 1017 FM 710 Keel Executive Director of Real Reform Louisiana, Ben Riggs, joining us. Ben, good morning, sir. Good morning. How are y'all? We're doing well. Ben, um, we've been talking insurance for a little while. We talked with uh, Jim Donlin about our high, crazy high auto insurance rates. And your guys with Real Reform Louisiana have discovered that uh, your insurance rates, a lot of, a part of it depends on how good your credit is. Is that, is that true? Yeah, so uh, Real Reform Louisiana is a member of the Consumer Federation of America, which is a group that, uh, you know, is looking into auto insurance. And uh, what they found in Louisiana is that credit score plays a huge part in uh, how the uh, auto insurance company determines what your rate will be. So in Louisiana, if you are a good driver with poor credit, you're going to pay 111% more Whoa. than a good driver with good credit. Well, and just uh, don't seem fair now, does it? It doesn't seem fair, and it doesn't really seem to make sense uh, because, check this out, if you actually like play it out to its conclusion, this is what ends up happening. In Louisiana, if you're a good driver with poor credit, you pay $905 more than a driver with a DWI and excellent credit. Okay, how did we get to, how did we get to this point? How did that well, become we allow, a, insurance, we allow insurance companies to, you know, do basically do what they want to with very little regulation. Um, they, you know, most of the conversation about how to lower auto insurance rates in Louisiana is driven by the insurance companies. So they come in and they start telling people like if you want us to lower rates, we need to do this, 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 and this. I mean, if y'all remember correctly, about three years ago, um, there were a number of, um, you know, lobbyists, uh, and industry friendly lawmakers who came and sat on Kill Show and promised that tort reform was going to lower auto insurance. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, promise, in fact, I'm thinking of one interview in particular with you, Aaron, where, uh, you questioned the, uh, interviewee and they 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 responded if if they didn't lower auto rates i'll grab tiki torches with you and marched on the capitol yes and um, and the rates haven't gone down ben they've gone up and i bet you ain't grabbed a tiki torch with that person and marched on the capitol yet no they, we're uh, we're gonna talk tiki torches with that person because we all know who it was it was stephen waggish yeah. <laughs> who's running for governor and uh i'm gonna have a tiki torch next time he's here but i i just got new insurance and when I looked at my rate, I'm I'm a pretty decent driver. I'm decent credit. I'm paying more for auto insurance than I am for my electricity at my home. How did we let this get so out of control? We're like I said, we've put the fox in charge of the hen house. We're allowing the insurance companies to dictate to us what type of legislation needs to be passed in order to lower rates. But the the but what they're what they're pointing towards doesn't lower rates. It increases maybe a little bit on, you know, their end in terms of profits. But what we really need to do is pass legislation that prohibits insurance companies from being able to use credit score and other non-driving related factors to determine how much you pay. How much you pay for car insurance should be based, and I think this is intuitively, it's, it's just common sense. How much you pay for car insurance should be based on your driving record, period. Mm -hmm. Shouldn't be based on... Look, you know, look at 
what ends up happening with the poor credit situation is you end up targeting people who are lower income typically. Right. And the result is is that you're you're going to price people out of the market. So you raise insurance on lower income people and they're eventually forced to choose between feeding their family and paying for car insurance. Which one are they going to choose? Right. Feeding their family. There will be people, and, Ben, we're talking to Ben Riggs with Real Reform that will say, you know, the insurance companies have all these high dollar actuaries who say we can look at risks and who are who are most risky of being involved in uh, car accidents. And some say, you know, younger male drivers. Some would say older drivers. And they probably have some algorithm in there that says people with poor credit. Is that probably what they're trying to sell us? Uh, I, I think what they're the, what they're trying to sell us is one thing. I think what they're really doing is trying to increase their profit. There's no way you're ever going to convince me or anybody, any, any anyone, that a person with poor credit is a more risky driver than someone with a DWI. Mm -hmm. And you're charging the person with poor credit and a safe driving record $905 more than someone with a DWI. That's a perverse incentive structure that actually makes our roads less safe. Mm -hmm. And some insurance companies do this more than others. For, for example, the Consumer Federation of America's analysis found that in you know, Louisiana's uh, largest auto insurer, State Farm, they found that State Farm charges people with fair credit a 78% surcharge over over the premiums charged to excellent drivers, and it charges poor credit customers a 224% surcharge on average. Wow. Amazing. So, but, but and, and as, as you tack those surcharges on, what happens is it becomes uh, cost prohibitive to get automobile insurance and as a result you price more people out of the market and then there are more uninsured drivers and then big insurance companies are able to come back and say well you know we're increasing rates because of the number of uninsured drivers which prices more people out of the market mm -hmm. well and you mentioned tort reform a moment ago we know that uh, part of the problem in louisiana is the fact that we have billboard lawyers that are are bringing lawsuits against insurance companies left and right um you know for acts of these accident attorneys and that's causing our rates because th they can bring these lawsuits to go through the roof well but i mean you know i've never seen a single analysis that shows that that's true and moreover they passed tort reform in 2020 and you're they claimed uh Donilon said that uh insurance rates would go down by 25 percent when they passed tort reform um, and not only did they not go down, uh, they just continued to go up. I, I mean, you know, I, I'm not here to defend any type of litigation or anything like that, but I mean, I think at this point it seems, uh, pretty clear that it's an insurance industry talking point, um, because no matter where you look, when they point at tort reform, it's a distraction that keeps us from talking about the fact that they're charging you more if you have poor credit. Uh, it's also the only industry. Mm -hmm. Think about this. It's the only industry that in the entire, to my knowledge, the entire world that can say, we want to advertise a billion dollars worth this year. Just charge Aaron and Mike for it. They can just put it into your premiums like because it's a mandated product. 
So, like, everybody else, if I have a bakery, I have to determine how much I can get away with advertising and price that into my product without my cupcakes becoming cross-prohibitive cross yeah. for potential customers. They don't have to worry about that. Up against they the clock here, Ben. I appreciate yeah, your time. Billion dollars. We appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank y'all. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. 101.7 FM. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarthy on 101.7 FM and 710 Kiel. Well, in addition to everything else going on, conditions are extremely dry. Uh, not as hot today, low 90s for a high today and tomorrow, but it's still dangerous conditions. Mm-hmm. And uh, in Sabine Parish, we've got wildfires that yes. are being battled at the right now. Absolutely. Uh, east of Florine, the, the sheriff in Sabine Parish, Aaron Mitchell, issued a statement, and I'm going to quote now, the, the wildfires in Sabine Parish are contained. This remains a very serious situation. Wind direction and changing weather conditions can cause flare-ups and ignite new fires in the area. The Department of Forestry is operating to clear lanes to further control the fire. Again, they have it controlled, uh, but it is still, uh, it's still burning. They're worried about possible new flare-ups. And he is urging folks to pray for those impacted. Some 2,000 acres burned. Uh, several homes and businesses were damaged or destroyed. Um, they had to evacuate several folks around um, the Mount Carmel area. The, no school in Sabine Parish today as a result of the fires. And Highway 118 shut down for emergency traffic only. So if you are seeing the haze and the smoke to the south of us, that's what it is. The entire state is under a burn ban, correct? Yes, yes. the entire state under a burn ban. They say, uh, like, backyard grills are okay at the mm-hmm. moment. Uh, but they're still urging caution, even even with that. Uh, make sure, because as hot as it's been, there are still some, some breeze going on. Yes. And so uh, a, a burn can get out of control very quickly. Mm-hmm. Don't know the cause of these fires yet in Sabine Parish, but we do know they have called in several agencies to help out. Uh, lots of mutual uh, urge, urging help uh, from all over the area. And again, the Red Cross is going in to help those who were impacted. It's just, uh, it could happen anywhere. We've seen what happened in Maui with more than 100 people dead. Yeah. Um, we're prayerful that nobody's been hurt in Sabine Parish but definitely keep praying for those folks because it's uh, it's a scary situation when that fire starts burning because it moves fast. If you're just tuning in this morning, uh, we've talked earlier this morning about the uh, city council staff members raises some over six figures now uh, approved by council chairman James Green. We're going to talk with former city attorney Charles Grubb coming up at 810 uh, about this action. 101.7 FM, 710. Keep- One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, and on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline this morning, former City Attorney Charles Grubb joining us. Uh, Charles, first of all, thank you for your time and willingness to speak with us this morning. 
I'm quite welcome. Looking forward to it. We're talking, of course, about the pay raises that were issued uh, to council clerks of council uh, issued by Council Chairman James Green. Charles, first of all, are these legal raises? Well, the only thing I can say is that the the charter is very clear about how uh, employees of the council are compensated. And it says that they're compensated, uh, that the council uh, uh, may employ and fix the salaries of only such employees as are necessary for the exercise of its function as set out of the charter. So the bottom line is, uh, uh, unlike, for example, appointed employees of the city that the council confirms where they uh, get to approve the initial salary, but they don't have the authority, I don't think, to approve salary increases. Unlike that, council employees, the charter is very specific. that says their salaries are set by the council. So uh, it would be my opinion that the chairman does not have the uh, unilateral authority to set salaries. Now, you know, what happened in this particular case, uh, I just know from media reports, so I'm not going to say that what was done was uh, uh, illegal or inconsistent with the charter or whatever, because I just don't have a first-hand knowledge of the facts. You're very familiar with the charter, though. Um, For violations of the charter, where do uh, where do Joe Q citizen go if there are violations of the charter? Who investigates that? It can't be the city police because the council controls that budget. Um, who steps in to say, hey, 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 that's a violation of the charter. Y'all can't do that. Uh, well, as far as who investigates them, I think uh, <laughs> I think y'all are doing a good job as a news media of, uh, of investigating uh, these types of things and bringing them to the uh, to the attention of the public, if if any sort of formal action needed to take place, you know whether a charter whether a charter violation rises to a criminal offense is of course uh, uh, the prerogative of the district attorney. Uh, uh, if uh, uh, I mean the the sheriff of the parish has parish wide authority to. Uh, investigate anything that he deems to be uh, potentially criminal, but I would say between the sheriff's office and between uh, and and the district attorney, uh, those are possibilities. Uh, Could you go as far as the Louisiana legislative auditor? Well, I think the auditor has the authority to step in and investigate. Uh, anything having to do with local government so they would have jurisdiction the um the um the city's auditor uh, of course works for the council mm-hmm. uh, but there are provisions in the charter that uh that uh, basically enable the auditor to be um uh, uh, relatively independent for example i think the charter prohibits uh, the clerk of the council from supervising the auditor in terms of uh, what they audit and, and that sort of thing. So, you know, there could be a um, there, there could be a request for um, 
for the auditor to come in and, and audit the situation too. But um, so so there's ample opportunity for investigation if uh, if need be. Charles Grubb, former city attorney, I'm putting you back in the city attorney's chair today. Um, what is your advice, opinion to the council and or to the mayor about how this should be remedied if it happened? Well, if it happened, uh, it's uh, pretty clear cut, and and that and I think the charter, the I think the council could um, could uh, uh, on its own accept its authority and responsibility, and uh, and either approve these uh, salaries uh, that have been implemented or reject them and if they're rejected then i would uh assuming the facts to be what they've been recorded to be i think uh, uh the increases that are inappropriate uh would be rescinded and any payments made would probably be uh, uh owed back by the employees to the um to the city now, could the mayor come in or uh, have come in and said, "No, this is not correct. I'm going to change this." I don't think the I, I don't think the mayor would have the authority to come in and uh, interpose his uh, will or actions on the salaries of the council members. I'm sorry, the, the council employees. That's purely the prerogative of the city council. But if the payroll that, department, if the payroll department got a memo from the council chairman to raise these salaries. The process normally should have been, let me see the authorization for this, correct? Shouldn't that have happened at somewhere in this chain? Uh, I would think that some paperwork would have had to go to the payroll people to initiate the changes in the salaries. It would have just come by a phone call. But if, if the facts that, that are reported are true, the whatever went to the um to the payroll people didn't have the proper authority but if they got uh, but i'm, I'm not going to say it's the payroll people's fault but it's the fault of whoever uh it's the fault of whoever initiated the authorization of the payroll people to, to increase these salaries uh, uh if the proper authority wasn't filed that's all i can tell you okay if the council they are calling a special meeting for tomorrow if only, and four of them apparently have done that, which is allowed. If only four of them show up, they can move forward and do what they want, correct? Doesn't, if Mr. Green doesn't show up, if the others don't show up, that these four could do what they choose to do to, re, to rescind this, right? Well, four is a quorum, and, uh, and, uh, you know, the, Charter, I think, provides obviously that the chairman uh, is the presiding officer at the council meeting. If if, uh, if he or she's absent, then the role is taken over by the vice chair. And, and I think the charter provides that if neither of them are in attendance, then the council can set up um, can can appoint a temporary chair to preside over the meetings, which is the primary responsibility of the of the chair in the first place. I mean, the chair under the charter does he. He or she is the person that supervises the the council's employees, and that's. I mean, I think that's in the charter for the a good reason to keep an employee from having seven different bosses. 
but the, as I appreciate it, there's no provision in the charter that would give the chair unilateral uh, authority to set salaries. Mm. Charles Grubb, former Shreveport City Attorney, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. Y'all have a good day. Mm-hmm. You too, sir. Thank you. One one seven. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. I just... You want me to... I, um, trying to I'm trying to calm down. I know. Same here. On several fronts. Yeah. The... I um I have made some requests of the city just FYI with regard to the um pay raises that were apparently authorized by the council chair alone. And, um, and, and just real quickly, let me let me just kind of run through that mm-hmm. for people who are maybe just tuning in. You bet. Shreveport City Council Clerk of Court Shanerica Clerk Fleming. Clerk of Council. Clerk, Clerk of, I keep saying court. Clerk of Council was paid $90,000. She's now making $100,799,000. Council passed that? No. Okay. Uh, Jacqueline White, council analyst salary went from $99,491 to $109,440, a $9,949 raise. Council passed that? No. Deputy, chief deputy clerk of council. Latanya Bogan, annual salary $86,081, now makes $96,411. Council passed that one? No, they did not approve that $10,330 raise. There are several on the list. It was apparently authorized by Council Chairman James Green. And this is information directly from the city attorney. This is not speculation. Mm -mm. This is information we got directly from the city attorney. Yes. June 27th, those raises were authorized by Council Chairman James Green. And went into effect. Yeah. So they've received some of this money. After, if you remember, a year ago, all city workers, including these positions... We're given a 13% increase. I'm going to tell you today, if this is not rescinded, you can just doom the bond issue. Just tank it right now because this town will not give this leadership of this town, and I'm, it's not a reflection of the mayor, it's a reflection of this council. That bond issue yep. is doomed. Yep. It is complete. You have lost our trust and faith, and this council chairman is out of control. How does he think this is okay? Well, obviously, he did it quietly, and he did it without even knowledge of other council members. Right, Ursula Bowman. Let me let me let me laud Ursula Bowman here for a moment. Thank you, Miss Bowman. Good God, she released Thank God. A, she released a statement saying, "I was totally unaware of the recent salary increases unilaterally given to members of city council staff." She read par- portions of the charter. She says it does not authorize somebody to do this. I'm, I'm paraphrasing this. And then she comes back and says, therefore, I feel compelled to vote to rescind the improper salary increases and seek reimbursement of those increases received by members of council staff. Mm. Ursula Bowman, thank you so much. I just got a I just got an email from Shanerica Flemings. 
You ready? Absolutely. Notice is hereby given that the Shreveport City Council will hold a special meeting on Wednesday, August 16th at 9 a.m. That's tomorrow. The meeting will be held in Government Plaza. Here is the agenda. To introduce legislation to rescind the unauthorized salary increases of the council employees, to fix the salaries to the amount immediately preceding the increases, and to reimburse the city of Shreveport in the manner prescribed by council for all money allocated to the employees as a result of the unauthorized increase. Number two, to introduce legislation to launch an investigation regarding the receipt of documentary evidence of unauthorized salary increase to council employees. Then right after that, I got a recall. Shanerica Fleming would like to recall that publicness. I, <laughs> I already read it, so I got it. So I don't know. Because it, it has to be out by 9 o'clock this morning for 24-hour notice to have been given. For the, for the meeting tomorrow to be legal. Yes. So it, it, they're going to have a meeting tomorrow. So she issued that notice, but then she recalled that notice. She recalled that notice. But I don't know if she recalled it because there's a typo in it. I'm not sure. Or maybe I'm there's sure an agenda change. Could be an agenda change. Maybe she will send out another notice here shortly. But this is a debacle. I'm hopeful, and I've asked the sheriff if, if he's going to investigate. We will see what happens because I don't think this was legal. And I, I, somebody needs to step in and figure out how did this happen. And we'll find out. Mm-hmm. Mike and McCarty. One of- Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. John Settle with Settle Talk Shreveport Political Watchdog going to join us on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline talking about the city council salaries next. Mike and McCarty. What a- Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. On the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline this morning, John Settle with SettleTalk.com. Com joining us. John, good morning, sir. How are you doing this morning? Well, we're, can... we're not good. Yeah. I'm not good either. No, I'm my, my, my blood I'm is up. I want a pay raise. Can can Mr. Green get me a pay raise while he's at it? I want a $10,000 pay raise. Okay. How did you discover this? You, you are the, you're the bird dog that found these raises. What happened? How'd you discover it? Because it was done very quietly, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It was. Uh, well, I usually don't like to, to reveal my sources, but a, a, a member of the council identified this to me, and that's all I, I want to say, uh, and sent some documents to me that I was able to check on, and, and then that's how I realized that the, that the pay raises had been granted. Is there anything you can find that would give a council chairman the authority to raise the salaries of anybody in city government on his own? No, there there is no authority. Period. None. Nada. Nada. The, even the, even uh, if he's mayor pro tem, the mayor's out of the state. That doesn't. No, I have. Uh, I'm not an expert in municipal law, but I have checked with a couple of former people who had a lot of experience in that, and, and the answer is no, no, no. Has no authority to uh, with the uh, council office, and the charter makes it clear that the council hires 
the clerk and the staff and the council set salaries. This is not something a mayor pro tem can do, uh, period. By the way, the mayor was in town on the date. So he wasn't even mayor pro tem. He wasn't even. Who, how did it start? Who suggested this was a good idea? Do we know the, do we have the answer to that yet? We don't. I have uh, made a public records request for any and all documents or emails or something that somebody had to send something to the payroll department. Yes. <laughs> I mean, and uh, somebody had to do that, and somebody had to approve it. Now, I don't know, you know, how the payroll department works, but I've made a public records request for any and all communications, uh, uh, including uh, – computer uh, in, uh, in information to see how this was set up because this, you know, had to go through the payroll department. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I, I don't know yet. Uh, I have, I don't know, but I, I'm on the way to find out. John, is this city council chairman out of control? Uh, well, many people have said that for quite quite some time. I mean, uh, this chairman and 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 uh, Tabitha Taylor really ran off. Uh, they, they they harassed a prior council clerk that had been trained for six or eight months by Art Thompson to, to succeed him, and they badgered that lady, and she she resigned. And then uh, uh, Green suddenly came up with somebody to be the new clerk who had no experience, and then she quit in January of this year. If you remember, she signed the letter of of no support and being second guest and something like that. And then Green came up with uh, uh, Shenderica as the person. There were no uh, job postings. There was no discussion with other council, well, with several council members. At that time, uh, Green kind of had a majority. So he's hand handpicked the last two council clerks and um, – uh, that's how there now. The, okay. The does this ri- does this does this a, a pay raise issue rise to the level of criminal activity in your view? You've researched it. What have you found? I think so. I, I wrote to a uh, uh, Cato DA Stewart and asked him to investigate. He suggested that I. Uh, he wrote me back and said that I should go to the Shreveport uh, Police Department. That's that's a problem because I understand <laughs> that Wayne Smith and James Green are cousins. And then and the council oh, controls the budget of the police department. Correct. So that's not going to happen. I, I have e- sent an email to Sheriff Prater. Of course, he's in his last year, and there's a political campaign that to, to uh, replace him. And so I guess the Louisiana State Police may be next. I will contact. I have not heard back from Sheriff Prater. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. I will. I will contact the Louisiana State Police, and I have filed a complaint with the Louisiana Ethics Commission, but. Obviously, uh, I think it's a crime. I mean, uh, Miss Fleming, an attorney, should know the charter, at least the parts that deals with her office, and should know that uh, she can't grant the pay raise. And whether Green knew or not, he didn't have the authority. If he granted it, that's still a crime. I mean, you know. Uh, so I, I would like Do to Do you think he did it without Miss Fleming's knowledge at all? Like, oh, here's a windfall for you. Go ahead. You think, do you think she had no knowledge of it at all? Could she claim that? Yeah. Of course not. Well, I mean, and everybody else in the office got it. I mean, you know, I wish Santa Claus would come to my house tonight. Yeah. 
So they had to all know that they got a pay raise. I mean, if they didn't know on the front end, when they got their paycheck, they suddenly said, oh, my goodness, it went up. Mm -hmm. John, the fact that we have have a council analyst, what, a a, a director of council of – these sound like made-up positions. Well – I, I'm, you know, I think the council is my understanding they'll meet tomorrow at nine. They have to send a public, uh, a notice of the meeting under the open records law. And I hope that they appoint an independent person, uh, not, uh, to, to investigate this. We need a special investigator. I mean, you know, somebody that will, that, uh, is not associated with the city that can go in and bird dog this down from, from top to bottom and everything else, you know. Uh, this is uh, horrible. Do you I mean, think, John, we're talking to John Settle of Settle Talk. Do you think that this meeting could also include a, a, an attempt to remove Green as chairman? Depends on, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what the agenda is going to say, but, you know, the agenda can always be amended by unanimous consent. So if it's not on the agenda, I don't think <laughs> that it will happen this time. Uh I, I would hope that, that, that Green would on his own step down, but I'm not optimistic about that. Uh, but Green and, and Councilman Taylor have pretty much uh, ramrodded things for quite some time, but uh, there probably are cracks now in their uh, kingdom. Um, I'm real proud of uh, the statement that uh, Council Lady Bur- Bowman put out uh, yesterday. I think mm-hmm. that was uh, very appropriate and uh so I don't know. It's going to be a circus tomorrow at nine, uh, if, and I hope they get the, the notice out by nine today, or it won't be a valid meeting. They have to do that under the open meetings law, you know. And so, you and you have to one of those people that just got a pay raise has to send that out, right? Well, that's correct. <laughs> I've been I've been assured. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Miss Fleming has the obligation to send this out by nine. <laughs> So, now who can direct? Uh, who can direct? Who can call a meeting? Green didn't call this meeting. How is well, how's a meeting being count- called? Four council members can agree to it, and so the uh, it was it was it was Miss Bowman, uh, Gary Brooks, uh, Grayson, and Jim Talaferro. Four me- four members of the council can make a request to the council clerk to call a meeting, and they've done so. Uh, I don't know how they pick nine a.m. tomorrow, uh, but. Hopefully that goes out. Now, if it doesn't go out, uh, then that's grounds to uh, well for for further action. Miss Fleming's job is an at will job. She's not a classified employee. What if Green and Taylor and Jackson don't show up for the meeting? That'd be fine. We still have a quorum. Long as you have four. <laughs> Long as you have four, they can do what they Long want. As they have four. Yeah, it will be interesting to see uh, who shows up, especially if Councilman Green shows up. But uh, all they need is four there, and they have a quorum. And if there's four there, they could unanimously add things to the agenda and act on it? Correct. And you could be named as the council clerk. I would, you know, they, they may name Aaron. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, me working for James Green? Not going to happen. <laughs> not okay. going to happen. Well, but they, well, could you, they, you, if they had a quorum, could they reelect a new council chair? Yes. Add it to the agenda and elect a new council chair. All, Correct. So they, so, so they better they better show up. Well, as you said, uh, anything the city does from now on is in jeopardy. Any credibility, a bond issue, anything oh. else, 
if this is not corrected ASAP, and I'm hoping that it's that uh, one is stopped, and two, I hope these people have to repay it. They knew they should. Uh, several people in that office have been there for quite some time. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Jacqueline White's been there a long, long time. Latanya Bogan's been there. They they should know those provisions that deal with a council and the charter. There's not that many. I mean, there's only two. There's only uh, two small sections of the charter that deal with them and, and their authority. You so, can only I, think, John Settle, that they didn't think anyone would catch it. Is that the, is that where we are here? Well, yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, they, their budget has a lot of extra things in. They, yeah, they. And sure, how they did a, how did a councilman lot. catch it? Do you know the details of how they caught it? No, I don't. They, I was sent uh, the pay records of the last couple of years, and then I requested them. I mean, the last two years, and I requested them also, and I got them yesterday with a public records request mm. real quick. Mm. And so, uh, uh, and it just suddenly so- shows, you know, uh, uh, you get more money. I, <laughs> I'm hoping Santa comes to my house. Yeah, tonight. Well, Detroit, too. Baltimore. Uh, Chicago uh, politics have nothing on Shreveport City politics. Wow, this is embarrassing. It is embarrassing. Well, it's yeah, insulting it's and it's question. embarrassing. Oh, it, it, no, it is. It, it's embarrassing and it is, I think, fraud, criminal activity. Now, who can we get to investigate it is going to be the question. I mean, the ball's been bounced by the DA to the uh, police department. That's not going to happen. The sheriff probably, because of you know, I don't know. I don't want to say. I think the sheriff do. might pick up the ball and run with it. Perhaps we'll ask. He doesn't have anything to lose. Yeah. I, I, I emailed him yesterday. In all fairness, uh, I hadn't heard from him. It'll be difficult to go to the state police. Maybe Jeff Landry will come up here and help out. I don't oh. know. Somebody. <laughs> Liz Merle with the attorney general's office is coming in after seven. We'll ask her. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Okay. I mean, it's just a, Serious issue. And tomorrow, hopefully that notice gets out by 9 this morning so we can have the meeting tomorrow. Oh, thank you, John. Great work, Stay my friend. It. Thank you all. You bet. Take care. John Bye-bye. Settled with Settle Talk. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. All right, we just got the new notification. Public notice, public notice, mm-hmm. public notice. Yep. Under the wire. Yeah, just we sure got did. it in. 8.54, the new public notice just came in from uh, Shenerica Flemings, clerk of the council, city of Shreveport. Notice hereby given, special meeting, August 16th, 9 a.m., Government Plaza, to introduce, number one, to introduce and consider legislation to rescind the unauthorized salary increases of the council employees to fix the salaries to the amount immediately preceding the increases and to require reimbursement of all money allocated to the employees as a result of the unauthorized increases. And number two, to introduce and consider legislation to launch an investigation regarding the receipt of documentary evidence of unauthorized salary increases to council employees. No other business will be conducted at the meeting. Did that say that on the first notice? Hold on, let me look, because I think that's the difference. I think that is it. No, it is on the other one. Is it? What's the difference in the two notices? Can you tell? I don't see a difference yet. Okay, we'll have to dig in, because this is a new notice they just sent out at 8.54 after sending out one earlier and then rescinding it. And now sending out a new one. I'm not sure if there's a typo in the first one. The other one says introduction to resolutions. This one just says resolutions. 
Okay. I don't know if that's a legal huh. requirement. Interesting. Going to be a meeting tomorrow. We're going to find out. Mm-hmm. Michael McCarty, 101.7 FM.